Hi, this is Nick Underhill, and you're listening to a New Orleans.network podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pals Pod, New Orleans.network podcast. As always, I'm your host, Raphael Radler, joined by my fellow middle brother, Garrett G. Money Radler. What a day it is today. What it do, baby? <laughs> we out here, man. It's it's a glorious time to be to be a Pals fan right now. Really good time to be a Pals fan. We uh we about to, as as the great philosopher Drake said, get it started from the bottom and now we're here. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's it's game day, baby, and you know, we we live and we with the people and and today is a special game day because one more win and we in, baby. So it's all good in the hood over here, baby. How's everything on your end? Bless, man. Bless. Uh, little ones, they were they were sick a little bit this week, but they, they got to get healthy for the Pels' final run. So Yeah, man. We got to uh, get healthy. All hands on deck, bro. Juju, Jade, Jordan, all hands on deck, healthy. baby. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah. has to get healthy. Um, but yeah, before we get started, before we jump into things, as always, if you guys like the content, enjoy everything we put together. Again, we're just getting started. Um, we, we're trying new things uh, to make sure that we give you guys different content that you enjoy. Please follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on IGD underscore Pels Pod. Like the episode. Subscribe to Nuance That Network. That's the important one. Um, also, we got a little news this week. So... We have a Hall of Famer on our hands, so we want to give it up to our VP of Operations for the Pelicans, Swing Cash. She has been voted in and is going to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So, As she should be. Absolutely. Swing has done so many things, both from the community, from the Pelicans standpoint, as well as her playing careers, and well as all she's done for the game of basketball, as well as fans, both women and, and male, uh, males alike. So uh, that is quite an honor for her. Long time coming. Um, and I just wanted to absolutely make sure we give praise to her uh, in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, other important update. The Pelicans may not be the only team headed for the playoffs. So uh, the squadron play tonight in their very first playoff game tonight. The, yes, sir. We gotta, man, first of all, we got to do something about these these West Coast games, man. I've been – Hey, bro. Look, I don't know what the rule needs to be, but it's got to change, man. If, I, we can, if we can pass legislature to stop uh, uh, daylight savings time, we can pass <laughs> legislature to stop West Coast start times for, for people in, in, the, in the mid and on the East Coast – they already spoiled enough as it is uh, on the West Coast, bro. They, we don't need to be capitulating to to their Look, time. Their time starts, bro. This is ridiculous. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. Have them in the arena at five o'clock. They'll be all right. Uh, bro, them them trying to stay up to them late <laughs> games, bro. It's nine o'clock tough. tip off. Oh, bro, it's, it's ridiculous. It's tough, but it does give us a chance tonight to watch the Scrooge play. So they play tonight at seven mm-hmm. versus Texas Legend again. Their first playoff game ever so you guys take mm-hmm. a look at them again we saw jose down there we saw trey down there we saw jackson down there we see ex pelicans ja- ex pelican great jared harper baby you know, <laughs> my guy. So, my you guy. know let's make sure we we show love to all the new orleans team so that being said let's talk a little bit about this week um it was a really good week um so we started off the the week versus portland again portland's not really playing for anything in fact they they were doing themselves a disservice because after the trade, both of uh, Norm Powell and CJ, they obviously were in tank mode, but they can't win it. Like they, they must have not realized who they Josh, traded for. Yeah, Josh Hart uh, don't know nothing about tanks. You he don't know about tanks. tanks. He laughs right. at your so tanks. In order to make him stop taking, they had to take him off the court. So <laughs> Portland, you know, has been trying to take for the longest. They finally figured out. Let's just take everybody off the yeah, roster. Everybody, just everybody. For the rest everybody. of the season. Um, and let's go. So, you know, the, the reason this game was was important, not necessarily the outcome or not necessarily the team, but it was CJ's homecoming, right? Uh, he spent nine years, his, his entire NBA career going there. And you could tell warming up. I know in this podcast, he was like, man, I wasn't going to cry. I'm not emotional. But you you got to know that you pl- you spend some you, you spend your entire career for the place that drafted you. You build so many memories and for what CJ's been able to do for that Portland community. Um, like you could tell the love, like it was different. Uh, the stand ovation was long. Um, they, they made sure to give his recognition. They had the video cut up. They had everything ready for him. So mm-hmm. uh, the game itself was one where the Pels let them hang around for, for a while. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what B.I. was able to do um, in his game back and, you know, dropping 19 points. But, again, it was one of those games where, like, come on, Pelicans. Like, why, what, what are we doing? We're playing against guys who are fighting for their NBA careers. We need to put mm-hmm. them away, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, the biggest thing was C.J. came up. He came up hot and focused. Like, that. that's always the concern you have when – 
players go back to a place that's special to them, whether it's home, whether it's, uh, you know, a place that they used to play or anything like that. You're always like, what are you going to get? Like, is mm-hmm. are the emotion going to take over? Um, is it going to be one of those things where you're locked in focused? Is it is it thing where you you don't really know what to do or are you going to come out hot? And so CJ took that under it. it you can tell the professional that cj is like you could tell he was trying to put everything aside till after the game like the pre-game intros like he was locked in focused he came out aggressive trying to shoot the ball he dropped 25 led the team and scored it was an ugly win but it was a win nonetheless and you could tell mm-hmm. he was trying to make sure that he was focused on the task at hand so what did you get out of the portland game yeah that was a that was a strange game for cj you know this is you you play basketball your entire life and you think that you see majority of the situations and majority of the things that you you know that you're going to go through um but this was a a situation where he had never been through he had never been in uh you know the opposing locker room uh in portland you know as a as a player and so you know this just the the newness of everything coming into the gym uh coming into the arena in a different uh entrance and, and things like that all of that plays into how a guy performs. And like you said, you're always worried about, you know, is the is the moment gonna get to him? Um, do they become, you know, a little lackadaisical and get lost in the in the in the love and, and everything and else? But CJ, there was nothing like that. CJ even said uh, he didn't even watch the the uh, the tribute video. He was, you know, not looking at it because he wanted to stay locked in. Um, and he knew, you know, seeing that and seeing all the kids that he's touched, um, you know, their lives as far as his his uh, his foundation and things like that. Um, you know, and, and it would get to him, and it would, you know, as as you know, these guys are human, and you love a place like that. You know, you love a place that raised you and and, and saw you become this professional that we see before our eyes. Um, you know, you you you. There's a situation there's a certain love that and that's never gonna go away and so it was really good to see him kind of laser locked in focus um you know those guys in portland uh you know the guys who were playing like dame and josh and all of that um they, they made sure to show cj the love and everything but like you say he came out he was fo- he was focused um he was laser like it was a really weird game because the pels you know they weren't playing awful but they weren't playing to the level that we were you know that we are accustomed to and as we were waiting for them uh, to kind of pull away from from Portland at any point in time, um, just because of the talent disparity. You know, you had Bi, you had CJ, yeah, you had, you had all of the, you had the, the full squad. You know, the full complement of, of guys, and so you were waiting for them to pull away. Uh, they kind of let those guys in, and, and, and big shout out. You know, those guys on Portland that's playing right now. They probably they're a no story or whatever it is, but those guys are playing for something. They're playing for 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 their contract. They're playing for a spot in the league, whether it be in Portland or anywhere else. And so those guys came out and they played hard. You know, they made the Pels work for it. They made the Pels kind of have to go get it. Uh, Those guys played a little longer than I probably would have liked to, and probably would have liked them would like to. But in the end, they got the win, and that's what was most important uh, about the situation. And so. You know, those are the type of games that's like those are trap games. You know, you had this big week coming up uh, with the Lakers and the Clippers coming up and, and, and things like that. And so, you know, having CJ's homecoming, it'll be an easy way to say, hey, look, you know, CJ got lost in it. It was an ugly game. We'll just like throw away. But nah, man, like the, the, they had to go out and win it. Um, everyone counts at this point of the season. Uh, and so, you know, they were able to get the win. And that's what's most important at the, at the end of the day. Absolutely. So speaking of wins, the Pels got two of them versus the Lakers two. in a seven day period. So let's talk. Let's talk about this second game. Obviously, we were in the building for the first game. The second game's in L.A. Now, mind you, <laughs> LeBron James plays for the Lakers. LeBron James is probably one of the smartest basketball players to ever play, ever grace the basketball court. Yep. He sat out. Six days prior to the first game, then he set out all games in between the second game because he knew the importance, right? Like the the games versus the Pelicans are so important to their seedings that basically he and Russ and everybody aligned to the Lakers knew it was a must-win game. Both of them, they were must-win games. So when you lose the first one after being up 23 at half, and then you come in the second one, and this time you got AD. So now there's no excuse. Now you got... Everybody in your arsenal who you thought you were gonna have to start the season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, Carmelo Anthony did not play, and not, and no Kendrick Nunn. You you, oh. you saw what AD said. You, you have AD, yeah. AD, Kendrick Nunn. That's 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 the, that's the, that, that's it right there. You're missing him. God, yeah. That's <laughs> Wish the you guy. had Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, that's the guy. Anyways, uh, so that you go into the game and you know the the, the Lakers are gonna come out and give you their best shot because they're playing for their season. At this mm-hmm. point, that game is for their season, right? Mm-hmm. And so you come out, you see a Pelicans team again. 
I love these type of games for the Pelicans because they don't have playoff experience to bounce off of. Like, yes, you got JV, and yes, you got CJ who's played in some big games and had some mid moments. But outside of that, there's not really a lot of guys on the roster who have been in this situation. And so mm-hmm. what I was so proud of out of this game is, again, the Lakers came out, AD came out aggressive, LeBron came out aggressive, Russ was hitting threes. I'm like, okay. Uh, they they really they giving it all right. They they mm-hmm. doing everything they can. Uh, Malik Monk's out there hitting three. I'm okay. All right, all right. They're gonna give every punch that they have. But what you saw the Pelicans do was wide their time. They wait their time. Keep the game close. Understand that the punches are gonna come. The punches gonna come. Wait your time and attack. And that's exactly what happened in that second half. So you know, talk a little bit about what that game like. It was a huge. You basically you basically ended the Lakers season and basically shored up that top 10 pick. So, yes, sir. You know, yes, talk sir. a little bit yeah. about that Lakers game. So what's so what's so what's so great about the way the Pelicans have played the Lakers? And listen, like obviously beating the Lakers isn't where we are like right. as far as like the goal. But like that's not we're a, gonna, right. That's not a championship. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate this and we're gonna talk about this. And so what's so good about them playing the Lakers the way they have is because especially these last two games, like the way that a, that LeBron sat down and AD returned and all of that, it shows that not only were they playing for their season, but playing for their season also was playing for their pride, right? This is a, a prideful team who was supposed to, was the Vegas favorite to win the championship um, and things like that. And so these guys took like that. Now they're, they're at this point where like, we have to make the playing tournament. Like they've, They've readjusted their sights to make the playing tournament and to beat the Pelicans. And you saw they took every step, precaution, everything that they could do uh, to kind of, you know, get ready and and be at their best for this game. What up? What's up? Uh, what's up, Till and, and y'all boys over there? What's good? Um, so, yeah, like it's, it's like, you know, they, they tried everything in their power to get to get into those games uh, and, and win those games and be at the best that they could. And the Pelicans still came out on top every single time. And and like it's every single like in every type of way they've, they've had comeback mm-hmm. wins. They've had close wins. They blew the Lakers out uh, coming fresh off of the uh, the all star break like they've. They're so they're any which way that they wanted to do it, um, um, they were able to win. And so when a team gets locked in like that and 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 is and is you know going for it like that, like the Pels feel like the hunted at a point, right? This is the this is how it feels to be the hunted, to have a team that ha- that is locked on you to beat mm-hmm. you. Um, and the Pels took took every jab. Um, big shout out to Herb Jones, man. Mm-hmm. Listen. LeBron in those two games was phenomenal, right? He is one of the greatest players of all time, if not the GOAT. Um, and, and in the, the 20 years that he has played, nobody has found out uh, the, the cheat code to stopping LeBron. So I don't expect a second-round rookie out of <laughs> Alabama uh, to figure that out. But, man, he was fighting, man. He fought. I saw a couple of times with LeBron. Uh, big shout-out to Jackson for setting the tone. But he would give uh, Herb a couple of elbows in that game, and Herb would grab his his. his but he was he he was not backing down. He he stood his ground and he guarded LeBron for thirty six minutes. Like he he gave him everything, and he made LeBron work for it to the point where in these games, if you watch, LeBron gets tired in that second half because he's got to work so hard for from Herb. And so yeah, he gets his thirty points because it's LeBron. He's gonna get his thirty points. It's just what he does, but it's the way that Herb made him work, the way he he, he took him off his spot, um, and, and defending him, you know, to the best of his ability, and never backed down, no matter what LeBron kept giving uh to him, was really good. And, and the CAD comeback, um, lets me know that these guys were serious about this because AD has been limping up and down the court since he got back, and he wasn't ready to play. And the report was that he wasn't coming into the game; he wasn't a hundred percent. Um, but they wanted they wanted that game, and, and the Pelicans would not allow. And you saw at the end the the the, the emotion and the, the kind of let out that Willie Green uh, had uh, gave you know at the, at the end of the game after winning the game because that was a tough game and, and that's a lot like you said it's a lot of stakes on the line in that game um, and, and and like ever since since like we got tied up and passed every game has been feeling like a playoff game like you have to win this game or we back to watching the standards and hoping that this person doesn't win or not so to see them kind of get that win out bro it was really good and i, I enjoyed that win um like i'm sure most of pelicans nation do. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely speaking of pelicans nation i had uh we had uh todd a, a follower of the show uh reach out from overseas hit us up after the lakers game is like man what's going on is special 
mm-hmm. with this fan base and see the growth, see the emotion from Willie Green. Willie Green is he's been reserved all season long, but mm-hmm. see the let go and see how this fan base is jelly. You got the Pels 12 doing special things, you got a special host out in other cities now, like to see it grow from a team that's just looking for the play in. Like we're we're looking into play in. This isn't advert, we haven't had our best player on the team all season long. And to mm-hmm. see what's being grown. And, and what's being harmonized from gr- people b- bonding together over these Lakers wins, this this trip to the play-in, like this is special right now. And so I mm-hmm. hope that everyone takes a second to really realize what's going on. Like this is a 100, 100% culture shift in terms of what this Pelicans fan base is looking like. And so I can't wait to see the end of it uh, because it's <laughs> – it's gonna get ignorant. It's gonna yeah. it, listen. Once once we fully healthy, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's gonna be special. So speaking of that, so we talked about the Lakers game, and I see some people in the comments talking about what's up with you, James. Um, the letter to the Clippers game, which again, you go into the Clippers game, you're like, it would be a good one to win because maybe just maybe the Clippers collapse down the stretch, and maybe you sneak it to the AC. But mm-hmm. you know, you and I talked about this before the game. You had to know that the Clippers would have come out and give you their best shot. Because mm-hmm. not necessarily for this particular game, but for themselves and their own confidence. If you get mm-hmm. beat by a team three times a season handily, and you may have to play that team in order to make the playoffs, you want to know you can beat that team. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we go into the Clippers game, and I see people like, what happened with the energy? Of course, there's a natural letdown from the Lakers game. You have such mm-hmm. a big win there. Uh, and you're looking at the Clippers game like, oh, we beat them already without CJ, yada, yada, yada. You get, you get Paul George coming back into the fold, and he's starting to get back into his rhythm. And so you're like, oh, Clippers came in. They punched us in the mouth early. Like they, they came in. They were, they were shooting lights out from the field. Like it, was, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where we've talked about this over season series. Like how come everybody breaks records versus the Pelicans uh, over and over and over? But this game was like they're contested threes. Like these yeah, it, was, are, it was asinine. It was like asinine. They're, they're, they're asinine. hitting th- like. Like, what are we doing? Like, they, everybody's going off. It wasn't just Paul George. Like, everybody mm-hmm. was hitting step back threes, even even over Jackson and Herb and all that stuff. And sometimes you just got to hang your hat. And so mm-hmm. what I took out of the Clippers game is it's going to force the Pelicans to think about what is going to be our strategy going into the play right? You mm-hmm. got a do-or-die situation, hopefully twice, uh, where – Teams are going to give you their best effort. So what you saw from the Clippers, they said, you know what? We're not letting CJ beat us. We're not letting B.I. beat us. You're going to have to play off the switch. You're going to have to pass the ball to JV on the switch. You're going to have to pass the ball to Larry Nance. You're going to have to get the ball to Jackson. That's the way you're going to beat us because other than that, we're just going to force you to take hard shot, hard jump shot, hard jump shot. And the Pels never really responded. A weakness that the Pels have had all season long is that you pass like we don't, mm-hmm. we had to have a lot of natural point guards on the team. We do have one Jose, which you know we'll talk about, but we struggled to make those passes. And so, what you saw from the Pelicans was once they got the switch, they were hesitant. They were like, "Oh, it's not, it's not clear that they're there. I don't want to make a turnover." And then you end up with five seconds on the shot clock, right? And then it's mm-hmm. like, force a bad shot, force a bad shot. While the Clippers, they were getting everything they wanted, right? Like we weren't blitzing Paul George off the off the pick and roll, and so Paul George was getting his mismatch and shooting long jumpers and long threes and things like that, and they were going down for him. And so the Clippers game, everyone's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Like, what's going on now? Like, our." Are, are, are we up uh, due for an upset, you know, in the play-in, things mm-hmm. like that. For me, I would rather that game happen now than mm-hmm. to get into the play, beat them then, get into the play, and they hit us with that, and it's like we don't know how to respond. So mm-hmm. I would rather them be able to have these next couple games because you're going to see it's a copycat league. You're going to see teams try to do that down the stretch to, to prepare the Pelicans. And we got to see how we adjust. You got to see how Willie Green and the coaching staff get those guys comfortable in those situations. So mm-hmm. what did you see from the Clippers game? Obviously, it was a bad loss. Uh, you yeah. got blown out a lot of ways. JB had a really disappointing game. Mm-hmm. But, but what did you see from the Clippers game? Yeah, I, I saw a team that was one – just on a road trip that is literally been going on, feel like forever. I feel like it's been a minute since we had uh Pell's game in the Smoothie King Center. Um, it's been a it's been a long road trip. And I think the second thing that 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 we saw was a little bit of 
they they celebrated that that Lakers win. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's no, you know, it's no, it's not. It's like it's not hidden. Like there's a there's a little bit there's a little bit of extra yeah. there uh, for for that game. And so uh, I think that you you saw a team that was elated to beat the Lakers, uh, to sweep the Lakers, to come back in a, in such an emotional win. Uh, it was it went down to the wire. LeBron missed that shot, and I think those guys were uh, were had a lot of emotion pent up um and a lot of celebrating afterwards that they came back the next game and you know they 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 got punched in the mouth you know the clippers are a they're a really intriguing team um because they are they are seriously veteran laden right they are veterans sprinkled all up and down their roster and they they are more of a it, they felt like a it, it almost felt as though they they came out way more physical than the clip uh than the Pelicans and they they imposed their will on the on the Pelicans early um and then once you know once uh Paul George gets loose and starts pulling up threes and he you know kind of gets in his groove um he's a very very talented player and it was it was it was, it was you know it's hard to stop him and so when you got like you said the defensive switching and not being able to hit the entry passes not being able to fire JV JV had 8 points 9 rebounds um he's Six been a shots. walking Right, he's been a walking double double machine, um, and so whenever you see something like that, obviously something didn't go right. Um, what I will say, one of the good things I did take out of that game, um, and I talked to my boss earlier about it. Shout out to him was that her played all season, all game long. Like he he was locked in, um, even in the fourth quarter when he was when the game was out of reach, you could see him rotating and and, and being uh, in, in the right places and, and stuff. And so you know, just a, just to, to take away that a second round uh, rookie is even in a blowout is taking. Every everything you know seriously, and every taking every dri- uh, dribble and every play uh, personally. Uh, that I think that bodes well going forward uh, for his confidence. This whole week um, has just been uh, you know a really good showing by Herb as far as defensive wise. Um, again, LeBron getting his numbers is LeBron getting his numbers. Paul George getting his numbers, um, but he made guys work, and he you know he, he allowed him to see that he can defend at this level uh, at a very high level. And so you know hopes that he gets some kind of recognition towards the end of the season or whether it be some kind of all-defensive team or whatever the case is. Um, but, yeah, that Clippers game was tough. Um, you know, I, I saw a team that was a young team that's just getting uh, weary on that road. We got one more game tonight uh, on that road trip, and then you come back home. Uh, so I, I think, you know, they it was a it was a bad loss. But, I mean, the Clippers are, are, are a really good team. Like I said, they're a veteran-laden team. They're starting to get guys back um, and, and starting to hit their stride a little bit. So we'll see him in the playoffs. Uh, we'll see him in the play-in. You know, we'll, we'll see him in the play-in maybe. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to, to adjust and do things differently. I think coming, uh, you know, being able to focus in on them, that's always been one of Willie's best things. You know, when, we, when he was able to focus on Phoenix right out of the All-Star break, we saw what happened then. Uh, same with the Lakers. And we saw what happened. I think if you're not, as long as you're not playing these emotional uh, games against teams that have a little bit of extra oomph to them, uh, you're able to focus in on the Clippers. I think they'll be a much better showing next time we play them, if we play them again. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point on Herb, now you start to see Herb get national recognition. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys listened to the Low Post podcast, but they were mm-hmm. giving mad love to Herb. Herb is only eligible eligible as a forward to be all dis- divisive team. I've seen him guard Devin Booker, so I don't why. Why can't he be a wild? It's wild. You know? It's um, another injustice done to the city of New Orleans. Basketball <laughs> you know, but they were giving mad love to Herb. Um, and so it's finally time for people to recognize the type of player that we have outside of just New Orleans, right? So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the duel that we have now with CJ and BI. Mm-hmm. So what you saw over this road trip is something We've been crying for all season long. Like when BI's gotten to his rhythm, you know, and when he's been the most dangerous this season, teams have started to game plan to take the ball out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Well, now, now you have CJ McCullough. So now guys are starting to, to double, they're starting to trap, they're starting to do whatever they can to take BI out of his rhythm. But then you leave CJ by himself, right? Mm-hmm. And if CJ has shown you anything over his time, is that he can always get a bucket. Yeah. So if he's it, isolated to the side before, I'm I'm calling two points, either two points yeah. or a foul. If it, it if two- it if it's one on one, CJ is known for asking people, "May I have this dance? May I have <laughs> right. this dance? May I have right. this dance?" Right. So 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 what have you liked and enjoyed? What are some of the things you've noticed from the mm-hmm. two being on the court and playing off each other in offensive sets? Yeah, I mean, listen, we have we have been craving a shot creator in New Orleans, uh, you know, outside of Brandon Ingram, obviously, but a shot creating guard um, in New Orleans for a minute now, right? And so when you look, when you really look at them on the court, right, you look at these two guys playing, it, it's a lot of, it's a it, like, 
it's it's a lot of pick your poison. And I, and I use that, that, that phrase a lot. Um, but I really do think like this team is really in pick your poison mode because when you try to guard Brandon Ingram and, and CJ, your best defender has to go on Brandon Ingram because of his height, right? And usually mm-hmm. your best wing defender has about a six, 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 seven, maybe six, eight type of frame. And so you want that guy on Brandon Ingram. Well, CJ, CJ is not your typical, you know, Robin or your typical side, you know, your typical sidekick or, or anything like that. He is a guy that is very capable of scoring. But as we heard on his podcast, um, that he, you know, he he talked about playing. And if you haven't checked that that uh that oh, yeah. episode out with, with Jose Alvarado, please go Special. check out the pull-up yeah. podcast. Special stuff talking about uh Jose's contract and everything. Um, just some special, special stuff. Please go check that out. But on his podcast, he talked about playing next to Dame, right? And he said that like he loved playing next to Dame. He, you know, he gave Dame his flowers and his kudos, but he said, Look, man, like I I'm a capable of a lot more than I was able to show in Portland and you're starting to see that right you're starting to see CJ not only accept you know the the ball when he plays off the double team off of Brandon Ingram but he's starting to make plays for people right he's starting to he's starting to make plays for people whenever they rotate to the other side um and and get back to him he's starting to put that ball on the grid and you know his pull-up is legendary shout out to Reed Uh, he has a pull he has a podcast called pull-up it is it is that's that's what he do but he's able to 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 now he's starting to play off and hit people in stride and hit people in, in passes. And so when you have the 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 improved playmaking ability that Brandon Ingram has showed throughout this season, as well as CJ starting to showcase a lot more than he was able to show in Portland next to Dame. Now you have two dynamic scorers who also are willing to play off of each other and, and pass the ball and hit guys in, in spots. And so you see these big games from like Trey Murphy and you see these big games from like a JV where they, they're finding JV and him JV. And it's all because of the, the scoring ability and the ability to pass and a willingness to pass out of those, you know, those, those uncomfortable positions uh, with BI and CJ. And so when you see CJ putting up 32 points and, and, and Brandon Ingram coming, uh, coming back with 29 points against the Lakers, um, those are games where like, if those two guys are rolling like that, it's going to be very difficult to beat the Pelicans. But there are games where CJ leads in scoring um, and, and Brandon Ingram has like a 19-point game and six rebounds and six assists. But what you see is that other people also are scoring in those games. You're starting to see Jackson with more 10-plus points games, 15-plus points games. You're starting to see Trey Murphy have games where he's over 10-plus points. You're starting to see other people get involved because of the defensive scheme and the way that those guys are so um, – you know, so smart and able to play off of each other that they're starting to find other people as well. And so when you get rolling into a situation where you have CJ and Brandon Ingram, both in the groove scoring as well as playmaking, I think that that becomes a team that is not a team you want to, you want to have to deal with um, in a, in a, in a one, in a, in a planned game or in a series, because at any point in time, CJ can go off and then you adjust your defense to CJ and now B.I. is going off. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you still have J- uh, J.V. down low and who who needs it. And so Frank Vogel said it best after the, the Lakers game. Frank Vogel said that when you look at this roster, the, talking about the Pelicans roster, and you think about Brandon Ingram, C.J., and J.V., and he said it. That, like, they're about as good as a, a threesome as you can put on the floor right now, um, you know, in the league right now. And so it, it, it's, it's just it's good to see. You know, we saw Brandon Ingram take a little time to kind of get adjusted to CJ um, when he first got here. Um, and those guys had, you know, CJ being the, the ultimate professional that he is, um, kind of got that smoothed out, took took Bria to dinner and they talked and got it smoothed out. And so when you when you see those guys rolling, you start to see all it like their 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 offensive game is just as infectious as Jose's energy, as Herb's defensive prowess. When they are rolling, and you know these guys are looking to their leaders. Um, Jose said it on his on his pod, on, on CJ's podcast. Like, yo, you guys are our all stars. You guys are our leaders. When you guys are rolling, like you see everybody else start falling in love and having fun with the game of basketball the same way. Uh, when those guys are rolling, so we need more. More 30, 30. I see somebody say they're waiting for that, that 50 point of that 50 piece from CJ. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be something special. Um, but you know, as long as those guys are, are comfortable in, in their, in their, in their, you know, their zones and we, we, we effectually call them the death by a thousand cuts, uh, clan. Whenever they're in it, as long as they're in their positions to score, 
you know, and, and and they're in their comfort zone. There's not too much that you can do defensively unless you have two or three guys that's all defensive, all defensive team. Um, not a lot of teams have that. Um, and so it, 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 it's just fun to watch these guys kind of play off of each other. And it's fascinating to watch those guys who usually occupy the same positions, save for CJ shooting the three ball a lot more than Brandon Ingram. It's, it's really good to see those guys kind of occupy the same area and still be a final way to be effective and ultra effective and win games uh, while doing it. Right, absolutely. And so you and I talked about this. I think the Drew Holiday trade was one of those rare trades where it worked out for everybody. Like Drew mm-hmm. obviously meant so much to this city, made so much to this team. And you trade him away and you go get a he goes and gets a championship, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, shouts out to him for that. It's because it wasn't the right time. Like the Pelicans, like BI wasn't in this mode that he was in. The mm-hmm. roster wasn't really where it needed to be like it is today. And so like the time he didn't fit, right? And he recognized it and the team recognized this. I'm inclined to say that now CJ is now taking over the offensive version of what Drew Holiday meant to this team. Mm-hmm. You built the team with a bunch of scrappy defensive guys that are all in your face, that are playing with energy and effort coming off the bench. Well, what you lacked early in the season was a playmaking, a facilitating, a a scoring threat from a guard position. Mm-hmm. Enter CJ McCullough. So now, when you what you had withdrew from the defensive perspective, you now have from the offensive perspective the CJ and somebody who can always get you a bucket when you're in a drought, when you get gone six possessions with two turnovers and no points. You know a guy that you can get you isolate him on one side of the floor and he can go get you two or three, right? He's or get you to the free throw line, right? Now the roster makes sense. And so now it's like, okay, now you got a leader. And, you know, again, to speak to his podcast, to see at the end and hear what him say, this is a place that I could feel like I could retire in. Mm-hmm. That's the same type of that's the same type of vision that Drew had, the same type of impact. So you have that leader, but now it fits your roster at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. And so to see what CJ has been able to do, again, we talked about it on our podcast last week. When we talked about for we'll see what he's been able to do on the court and how he's been able to uplift the guys in the locker room and kind of teach them things that you don't you don't get from coaches like it's it's harder even the coaches who played before it's harder to explain to a 21 year old or 20 year old exactly what it be but if you got a guy on the court doing it and able mm-hmm. to show you and explain to you in a way that you can receive it like that's a different feeling and so you know with having CJ and BI together to help mentor and help lead him help him become the superstar that BI has become like that is such a a, a pleasantry and again we keep talking about it's such a a blessing to go to Portland and see the love that CJ got and then feel like man he's ours now like he yeah. he 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 belongs in this franchise now he belongs mm-hmm. in this community now and he mm-hmm. does everything to embrace it since day one so it's been a pleasure to watch him do that and, and to help grow the team speaking of growing the team Trey Murphy man like Trey Murphy finally getting into the rotation after all season long everybody calling for him now all season long once we made the trade with Larry Nance it's like finally we get Larry Nance you see him make an impact we talked about this weeks and weeks ago there's going to be times in the playoffs where you have to play Larry Nance because teams are going to isolate. In the playoffs, mm-hmm. what people do, they find a matchup and they just attack it. over. Mm-hmm. They'll run the same play over and over and over and over if you have no defense. And so there's times where, you know, JV can't be on the court because people will isolate that, especially if the Pels have a lead or something like that. When you have a Larry Nance who can not only bang in the post with, with some of the bigs, but also can switch onto guards uh, off mm-hmm. pick and rolls and things like that, it's a pleasure to have him out there. And then to see what he's doing defensively with the weak side blocks and what he's doing to rile up the crowd with the dunks and everything like that, you have that. To couple with now Trey Murphy, he's in the rotation. He's getting to his spots. And now they're becoming more open shots. So we talked mm-hmm. about early in the season where it was like, okay, we're going to show boxing's elbows on B.I., but we're also going to cover up on Trey Murphy's because we know he can shoot. Then you get the Lakers game where Trey just goes bananas because there's you got you to gotta make a choice. Like to yep. your point, you got to pick your poison in some degree. So what have you seen from Trey, and how do you think Trey and Larry Nance factor in down the stretch? Yeah, and Trey, man, seeing Trey and Larry Nance on, on the bench, like we, we, we have come a long way from Etwan Moore at the starting small forward, bro. <laughs> we have Jackson. come, and fr- we have, we have come a long way, and, and you know, just seeing Larry Nance. First of all, let's talk about Larry Nance, right? Larry Nance came 
um, into the to, to the team, and he had a very very Josh Hart like embracement uh, of the city uh, of the team and, and things like that, and got the crowd behind him. But I think what people you know people before they, they, they saw him play, they were in love with his personality and his infectious joy and everything. And now he gets on the court and man, he has had two or three blocks so far since he's been, I mean, just vicious, like yeah. at the rim, me and you one-on-one. Yeah. Right. And like, you're not getting like you, you like you shall not pass. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it like he, he has been, he has been such a, a rejuvenation of the big man position for us because we've had so many. And listen, this is not a, a knock on JV or Billy. They speak about it themselves. There's no vert. <laughs> there's no athleticism, man. And so no, it was terrible. Feet. It, w- w- right. Without, without, you know, without Zion there, the only athlete we had in the front court, really, honestly, truthfully, other, you know, other than Herb is, is, is Jackson. But you know, the, like big men is only Jackson. And so into Larry Nance and he's just this, He's just this like I called him like he's a he's a gumbo mix of the wing and the guard position, right? Like he brings the ball up, he's dribbling the ball, he's making great passes, like an offensive, like a small person. But then he's in, he's posting people up, uh, he's taking advantage of his size mismatch. Um, he's coming over and help defensively and, and swatting people away at the rim. Um, and what he's doing is he's building a, a reputation and a deterrence, uh, a reputation of deterrence at the rim for Pelican, uh, for the Pelicans. You know, when you have Jackson and, and, and Larry Nance out there defensively, like people are going to be peeking over their shoulders looking for, oh, I might be able to beat my guy off, but where is Jackson? Where is Larry Nance? Because, you know, those guys and all you need in the NBA is a split second. All you need is a is a is a is a window um, uh, to make a play, and these guys are such top notch athletes that you give them that split second, that play is made. And Larry Nance is starting to help kind of give the Pelicans that extra second because people are going to be looking for him. And so, you know, like you said, there's going to be times where Larry Nance is, is out there finishing games uh, strictly because of his 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 defensive ability, his switch ability, and the things that he can do offensively. Like he, you know, JV is obviously the superior offensive post player, but Larry Nance has a lot of things, uh, dynamic things, and he's already starting to build a little bit of a rapport with CJ and, and Larry uh, with CJ. And that two man game with those two is very very it, it, like I, I tweeted it out. It's very intriguing because there's a lot of things that CJ has this unorthodox kind of herky jerky game. And I think that Larry Nance is more of a natural fit in the pick and roll and a pick and pop just to kind of play off of him being reactionary, being so athletic. He could be reactionary with CJ. So when CJ is making these herky jerky movements and things like that. Um, you know, Larry Nance can kind of play off that. And so you're starting to see a little bit of a of a uh, of a of a of a rapport built between them. And then you, you you look at Trey, man. Trey has, you know, he he he's still a rookie, and there are things that he's gonna learn that he's still learning, and that he's gonna learn in the offseason. But what he's given us now is he's 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 turned from more of a stationary, like spot up, or I'll pass you to the spot shooter. And he's become, he's starting to embrace his athleticism a lot more. He's starting to embrace the physicality. You're starting to see him dunk on people. You're starting to see him play better defense. You're starting to see him get in the lane. And one of the things that I love that Trey Murphy is doing right now, if he can't get the rebound, he's going in with his hand straight up and he's tapping it out. He's tapping out. Him and Larry Nance are both tapping it out. And those are the type of things they don't show up in the box score, but to have Trey Murphy, who was brought in as a shooter, as a you know, as a defender, three and D wing guy, to kind of buy in into his athleticism, to buy into his youthful legs, to buy into that tip out the things that aren't being shown on the uh on the stat sheet is something that's just gonna be you know it's gonna it's gonna work out well for him going forward. And so just to see him get these minutes now and get into these very important games, like these are very important games that Trey is playing mm-hmm. in very high stakes. That Lakers game was a very high stakes game, and he was out there shooting like he was at Virginia versus <laughs> freaking VCU or something like that. And so like it was it was it was incredible. To, it, it's incredible to see him kind of grow and finally get into his to his rotations. But I know we're gonna talk about, and I see it over there about rotations because there's a there's a there's a certain rotation uh, that we need to speak about that's not that's not as great as that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, again, a lot of good things to take away from this week outside of the Clippers loss. Mm-hmm. But something that is really really concerning is the Devontae Graham minute. So obviously, you know, Devontae was brought in to, you know, be that shooter, play that J.J. Redick role, be that that guy who can, you know, feed off of the fact that everyone's doubling B.I., everyone's doubling Zion. 
and now mm-hmm. Dublin and Dublin CJ. But what's happened, and he's won us some games, he's had some big shots all throughout the year. And so, mm-hmm. again, this goes back to what we were talking about with Willie Green earlier in the season before the All-Star break. Willie Green is loyal sometimes, and sometimes he believes in a player, and that's why he continues to put them, uh, them out there. Now, what we've seen over the past couple of weeks or so is Devontae's been struggling with the shot. He had the 30-point game but other with the throw out, but other mm-hmm. than that, he's really, really struggled. And so – his best attribute is his ability to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's not shooting the ball well, he's a smaller guy, so he's somewhat of a liability defensively. He's not a true point guard at all in that he doesn't really facilitate the offense and sometimes the ball sticks when it, when, when he has it. And so if that's the case and you're coming off the second uh, unit with you sit down, CJ, you sit down, B.I., you sit down, J.V., you need someone to facilitate the offense. And so what we've seen over the past couple of weeks is that you've seen less and less Jose. And that's, you know, to me, that's concerning in a lot of ways because even though Jose may not be the shooter that Devontae is, Jose can make up for it in different ways. Like mm-hmm. I tweet about it early season. When Jose gets switched on to a bigger man on defense, I'm not worried because mm-hmm. he's such of an irritant that the guy is always looking like, oh, is he going to try to steal it from me when I go for a shot? Like, obviously, I'm going to try to shoot over him, but, like, where is he? Like, he's he's always somewhere, right? Not only that, but the energy that he brings. And he's a true point guard. Like, he yeah. is able to He's the to best point guard on the, on, the, on, the, on the team. Best point guard. The only point guard on the team. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. So, <laughs> so, so when you see him in the game, he's getting shots. He's getting open looks. He's hitting the floater. So he's not letting his size be a problem offensively. He's still attacking inside the lane he's shooting the open three now when he's there things like that and so when you see all that you see what he's brought in this team recently especially since the all-star break it's like why why at this point are you taking jose out the game and i get it you know Devontae's played some big games he's hit some big shot and jose is a rookie but at some point you gotta let the play dictate what the rotations are like at mm-hmm. some point you have to give it a look and see what it looks like and see what extended. I mean, and even in some of these games, Willie has not been hesitant to close with Jose. So if you're going to close with Jose and Trey, why aren't they getting more minutes in the second unit, right? And then again, mm-hmm. you may not want to ice Devontae out the rotation completely, but if he's starting 0 for 5, you know, at some point you got to look in a different direction. So where do you think the, the drop-off between Devontae and Jose, and they've talked about it, like they don't want – to play Jose and Devontae and CJ at the same time because of the size you give up. And at some point, Kyra as well. So, yeah, you know, as it, so, at it, some it, point, you got to make some decisions, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. It's a difficult situation because, again, um, you know, he talked about it. Uh, Willie talked about it earlier, like during the All-Star break, going to see Devontae Graham, letting him know that he was going to the bench. Um, you know, those are the type of things. You don't want to lose players. And I, right. I get it. Like, I understand that aspect of it. Um, but to your point, like, first of all, Jose saved the game in Atlanta for us. He saved the game. Like, literally benching Devontae Graham and inserting Trey, uh, uh, Jose saved the game for us. It won the game for us. And so – you know, when you have a guy that is bringing in, you know, defensive energy and, you know, and, and moving the ball and being a, a guy who's who's in a penetrating, uh, a penetrating guard that's kicking out the shooters, that's finding Jackson uh, and things like that um, versus a guy like we've we talked about it all this season. Devontae Graham is not a point guard. He's an undersized shooting guard is what he is. He's an undersized shooting guard. And so when when you have situations where and, and that's another thing that that Willie has done that I'm 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 trying to get to the to the understanding of it about like not playing CJ and BI and JV all at the same time Somebody sitting all three of them it. down. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't really understand that. But in the event that you do, you need you, you and you don't have like the the pure talent firepower, you need to do it by committee. And the way to do it by committee is to keep the ball movement, right? But if you bring Devontae in Devontae is a guy who not only is brought in to be a shooter, he gets his the, you get the best version of Devontae by him being a volume shooter, right? Like that's the that's the best version of, of him is when he's going and he's rolling and his confidence is up and he's shooting the ball. Well, if he's not giving you, you know, that 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 shooting, 
then he's not, not only is he not giving you the things that Jose is, but he's actively hurting you on the defensive end, right? And he's hurting the team. And so when when you when you completely take out Jose or give Jose five minutes here, seven minutes in this game, eight minutes in this game, what you're doing is you're 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 taking away like all of those minutes of defensive intensity and putting them into a streaky shooter if he's on, if he's not. And just like letting him, trying to get him to shoot his way through this, um, especially during some of the most important games of the mm-hmm. season, um, has been, you know, has been has been questionable. You know, it's been a thing where, you know, it, it, like you said, is it either he's fully invested in keeping Devontae's, you know, attention and, and into, you know, the, the team where he may think he needs him down the line in a, in a playoff game or something like that. Or if he's just a rookie coach that's like, listen, I'm, I'm rolling with, you know, the guy who has, you know, who's getting paid the the, the contract and who has the, the experience over the rookie. I don't know what's, what's this case, but it has shown to be a detriment to the team. And you've had to yank him out in games and, and put CJ back in there earlier uh, because either the lead has dissipated or, you know, they're, they, um, or they're, they, the deficit has grown. And so if he's not hitting shots, um, you know, those are, this is one of those things where, you have to you have to do what's best for the team, and if you have to play, if if he's not out shooting and, and, and hitting those shots, and like you say, he goes zero for three and zero for four uh, and things like that, then you have to play Jose. You have to give those minutes to Jose because of the defensive intensity that he brings, the the IQ that he brings, and the ability to pass the ball and move the ball um, and keep people engaged. Because once the ball is in Devontae's hands and it's stopping, it's in his dribbles, um, and it ends up into a shot. You know, not only does it end up in a missed shot, but it puts the the, the onus on the team to get rebounds because if it's not, long shots equal long rebounds, and they're out and running. And now, you know, Devontae isn't the one getting back. Now everybody else, and and you start to see a little bit of you know putting hands on 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 show on uh shots and stuff like that. And so those are the type of things that you can't have. And so you know there there is this there is. There are there are spots and options for Devontae to play, whether it's where we have a lead and you put him in and you kind of like, hey, look, it's a 10-point lead. Let's go, you know, get up, get us going, get us up to 14, up to 15 by the time CJ and them comes back. But in close games, and if he's not hitting, bro, it's it's very difficult to leave him out there. And and going forward, you know, I, I don't know what the you know what the roster is gonna go for, but I know it is very difficult to keep two small point guards on your roster, let alone three. Right. And Kyra's a, a draft pick, um, a lottery draft pick. So I'm, I'm assuming they'll give him the, sh- the time to shine and, and a, uh, time to kind of show what he got. And Jose just got a contract um, and, and he's loved by the team and everything. And so it's going to be very difficult, uh, you know, very interesting to see what they do, um, you know, in the, in the offseason. But, you know, as far as Devontae right now goes, you have to give him, you know, his, if you want to give him his shots, give it to him while we're up or whatever. But the first guard off the bench should be Jose. It should yeah. be Jose. I agree with you, bro. So tonight is a big night uh, because big if we night, win, the Kings again. The Kings aren't playing for anything either. Uh, De'Aaron Fox not playing. Uh, like they, Sabonis not play. Like they're they're ready to pack yeah. it in. Right. So again, it's similar to Portland situation. You got guys out here fighting for their mm-hmm. careers, right? Like their right. NBA careers. And so you can never let you can never let those type of moments go go past you. AD says all the time, "Don't play with your food." Like this is right. a game where. You're coming off a bad loss versus the Clippers. You got a chance to lock in the play in, which you've worked so hard to get back to. And you got a chance to continue to spread that lead to make sure that first play in game is a home game. So you got to come out. You got to come out aggressive. You got to come out with it on your mind. Um, and you got to really set the tone in a lot of ways. So yep. um, you got this game. You got, you know, two tough games. You got Portland, but you got two tough games as well. But these are games where you have to, you have to, you have to win. So. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think we get tonight? Uh, do you think we go ahead and lock it up and, you know, we, we turn our minds to, to, to getting home field? I mean, we court? better. I mean, I mean, we better. <laughs> I mean, we better. We better win tonight. So, you know, it's not It's not like, listen, this is a game you should win, right? This is a game. No win. way, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a game you should win, um, especially with the, the opponent be damned. The, yeah. With the stakes that's on the line uh, tonight, you could win, um, and you are in the playing tournament. Now you play for seeding. Obviously, you want that home game first, but you're in. You are in the building. You are in the playing tournament with a win tonight. Um, like you say, Sacramento is not playing for much. Um, Harrison Barnes is probably might be out there. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the injury report. He may or may not be out there. Davion Mitchell, um, you know, right, a, right, right. Davion Mitchell has been playing really well, but like 
this is a game you should win, right? And I think this is an opportunity for the Pels to put that Clippers game behind them, um, kind of come out and, and dominate, put this game away, um, you know, let let the guys get some rest uh, the way that they should, um, you know, going into the, the the next game, Portland, and to close out the season. If we're going to be playing for that 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 spot, you want to have the guys um, as fresh and available as possible. So, um, you know, this is a game where you, you have to go in, um, you have to attack. Uh, attack the, the 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 front of the rim. Those guys have no they have no blocking, okay. no shot blocking ability, um, no big men whatsoever. Um, if JV plays, I know he's questionable. Um, I, I would you know we should be able to win without him against Fox and Sabon, uh, a Fox list and a Sabonis list <laughs> team um, without JV. Uh, but if he if he does play, I would like to see him you know attack and and be aggressive. Um, this team is different when JV attacks um, and looks for his own offense. And so just kind of put these guys away. Um, you know, they're looking towards next season. They're looking towards the draft. Uh, and so I think this is a, a good opportunity to to not only to to win, uh, lock in the playing tournament, but also kind of figure out these rotations, man, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Figure out, you know, once this game gets out of out of hand, which I expected uh, expected to, um, which it should, uh, kind of figure out these rotations, man. Try to see uh, if you get a, a, a good lead. Um, let Devontae get out there and try to get some shots up um, and get, see if he can get himself out of the shoot, out of the thing between this game and the, the next Portland game. Um, and, and let those let that let that play. But I mean, if he you know if he can't get uh, into this game, what's up, Beaky? Yeah, Fox is out, Sabonis is out, both of those guys out. Um, but this is the type. These are the games that Devontae. If if these are if he's gonna get on and break himself out of this streak, it's this game and it's the next game. Um, because we're gonna either we're gonna need him going forward or these. You know, Jose needs to take over that 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 uh, backup point guard. So I think we win tonight. Um, I think it's a I think it's a fairly easy win tonight, just because. And of course, saying this is going to be one ten to one oh nine. Um, you know, at the end of the full quarter, but I think it's going to be a fairly <laughs> easy game. Um, you know, I think the Pels that Clippers game was just a blip and a trend right now, uh, just because of that the the emotion of the Lakers game and being in LA. Um, you know, for that long, and Lord knows, you know, LA can all, you can only block out the <laughs> allure of LA for so long. Uh, mm-hmm. when you're there for four days, I can imagine. So, uh, I think they win tonight. Uh, I think they put that Clippers game behind them, um, and start to kind of focus on and kind of lock in and get focused in on this playing tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Elliot, for sure, bro. Uh, we'll do anything we can to help out. That's that's an incredible donation. So, if oh, you, absolutely. If you, want, if you if you want to get that done, we'll help you. Hit us up after the pod for sure. Big shout out, E. That's love, man. So today, um, there man. Was a- Wait, wait, wait. There was news today? Oh, wait. Hold on. What happened today? (laughs) So, Zion's stepfather, Lee Anderson, Mm -hmm. um, got Mm -hmm. on the Jordan Colada show, um, Mm -hmm. and he had some things to say, right? Um, Get some things off his chest, man. He did, right? Uh, One of the things that he mentioned was Zion plans to play this season, uh, and this regular season, and even so much to say the next game versus Portland. So... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it's one of those things where it's a tricky situation Mm. you and I have talked about this all season long the longer Mm. you get into the season without the Pelicans like saying Zion because you're seeing it every every day like some teams like oh this player is not playing Ben Simmons is out for the season out for the season everybody's Mm. out for the season James Wiseman you keep Mm -hmm. seeing it over and over and over but the Pelicans who have one of the most marketable stars ever on their roster, who everyone wants to have a segment on every single week, have said nothing, right? You've mm-hmm. seen – you, and even in some of the interviews, like if you, if you paid into the interviews, the post-game conferences, some of the uh, podcasts, the players have been selective about what they've said about Zion. Like, at some point, we'll get Zion back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zion hit me up. Like, they've been really selective about what they've said. Like, nobody has said, we'll get Z back next season. Like, nobody, nobody said any of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And so that leads you – now you see Zion on the court warming up. You see him in the mm-hmm. one-on-ones. We haven't heard anything about the uh, allegedly skipped three-on-threes. He's been doing five-on-five. So, like, you've heard nothing. All you've heard is indefinitely out, over and over mm-hmm. and over indefinitely out. Mm-hmm. But the part that we'll, – we'll talk about that. But the part that really stuck out to me was what Lee Anderson had to say about the city. So, mm-hmm. and I quote, if you were to ask me, and that's a tough question, but I think that he plays this season – and I, he has no problem with New Orleans. Like mm-hmm. the fact that this, I guess, this agenda, this storyline mm-hmm. has been developing about Zion's family wanting out. He went to point out, he was like, the four members of Zion's crew or mm-hmm. whatever it is, club is 
him, his mother, his brother, and Zion. Mm-hmm. At no point has he said that he wants out of New Orleans. He thinks what we're building is great. He thinks Willie Green was a knockout of the park. He thinks that Zion is the piece, and I think we all can agree, mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes this team a very dangerous one. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, first, let's talk about what does that mean to you? What did, when, when he says them like, are you taking it as lip service? Are you saying, like, oh, you know, now mm-hmm. that the team's doing well? Like, because I've seen all kind of reactions. Right? Yeah. All kind mm-hmm. of reactions. Like, oh, excitement. Oh, that's what they're supposed to say, which I'm so tired of that response. Yeah, but right. what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on Lee Anderson's comments? So this is why, you know, it, it, again, I, it is there, obviously there is some, you know, some a little bit of, you know, is this lip service or whatever, right? Obviously, okay, fine. You want to take that. But this is why players don't talk, right? Because when they do talk or when people around them talk, people say they lie, right? They say, oh, this is lying. So it's like, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? If you don't say nothing, then you hate the city. You want to go to New York. Uh, this is the worst place of all time. Uh, you want to play with RJ Barrett. If you do say something, then you're lying. It's lip service. Um, you know, it's not the truth. Uh, you know, this is just what they're supposed to say and things like that. And so this is why players, I, I mean, this is this is the give and take, right? This is why players uh, sometimes act the way they act with media or, you know, talking to the fans or whatever the case is or saying anything. This is why they do that. Um, as far as it goes, man, listen, I, I've always been of the mindset that this this team is special, right? This team, the, the results obviously were the, the, your record is what it is, but if you've been on this journey with this Pelicans team, if I was to tell you that we were at, at one in twelve, if I was to get on this podcast and say, "Listen, at the end of the season, not only are we going to be playing for a um, you know a, a playing tournament spot, but we also might be getting Zion." Zion is talking about how much he loved the city. Uh, his grand, his his stepfather is talking about how much he has sat down and told him that he wants to be a part of this. If I would have told you that at one one in twelve, when the city, the, I mean, the season seemed like it was burning and everybody. Everybody wanted David Griffin out on Canal Street begging for change, and everybody wanted, uh, you know, everybody wanted Zion out to see. If I would have told you this is where we would be at the end, you would have taken it. And so where I'm at with, with Zion is, you know, I want him to play. Um, I know a lot of people are like, hey, sit him down for the season. Uh, I just don't know how, how you know, how easy that is if, if Zion walks into your front office or your practice and say, hey, I'm playing. I don't know how you just be like, yeah, nah. Um but I, I just don't think that, you know, I, I just don't think that his – and, again, I had this conversation earlier. You have gotten to a point where the fan base has fallen in love with the team, right? They're no longer falling in love with, you know, uh, is Zion playing? Um, if he's playing, then I'm going. If not, then I'm not buying tickets and I'm not going. You've, you've right. kind of gotten over that hump, right? And so yeah. now the Zion news from his from his stepfather um, is, is absolutely, you know, wonderful news to hear that he loves the city. Um, that these are the things that we've been we've been begging for and we've been asking for. Um, and so if he comes back and he plays, you know, this team goes up two, three, four, five notches. Um, they become something to behold. Um, they become a team that I'm sure, especially if Zion plays, um, you know, not having a lot of footage on him might help out uh, a little bit as well. Even though, I mean, even with footage, you're not really doing nothing with Zion. Um, but it, it was <laughs> I'm about to say, good. you can get yeah. all you want. Yeah, yeah, right. It, it was good. It's good to hear, uh, you know, Lee kind of come in and get in front of everybody um, and kind of speak his, his, his truth. And so whether you believe it or not, you know, whether you think it's lip service or not, you got to admit that this helps the the perception um in, in in the national media not to say that you know people should care about what the national media says but it's out there right you see it it's on it's on social media you know the the Zion came out with a dunk between the legs and the first <laughs> thing that came out was that's him telling the Pelicans he doesn't want to play for them anymore wow. that's the first thing that came out in, in national media wow, so man. right so so you got to admit whether it's lip service or not um you know this is what we wanted to hear um from his 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 camp and, and, and from him, um, obviously, you know, people want to hear from Zion, but I think that, you know, Zion is just on a Garrett, grind to try to get back. Yeah. Garrett, no, they don't. He's yeah, already you're right. said you're it. Right. You're right. You're right. I think, you I, don't want to hear from I, I mean, recently. Right. Right. When they when they say it, they say he's lying. Right. Exactly. But I, I, I think that he's on a grind to get back. Um, and we'll we'll see about 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 that game Thursday. I mean, if if if, if he plays Thursday, this the city. Twitter, the Smoothie King Center, everything will be blown up. Everything will be shut down. Um, it'll be it'll be a site for the for the ages. Um, but I, 
you know, if he comes back, I, I, I am to be great and excited and happy. But my pal's about to get into the playing tournament tonight. Um, and I'm excited about that. So big shout out to to, to Liet for, for getting on that that and kind of, you know, clearing the air if you want to believe him or not, uh, or it, giving us something else to talk about in this very boring <laughs> team that is the Pelicans, which nothing ever happens, um, obviously. Uh, every day something is happening. But yeah. shout out to, to him for giving us that. Um, you know, I, I enjoy hearing him speak. Um, I enjoy hearing him give give love to, to Willie Green because he is a knock, you know, out knock out the park home run uh higher. I, I I felt, you know, the love when he talked about the the acquisitions um and, and the, the narrative being, hey, look, we love the city, we're locked in, we're ready to play, um, and, and we'll see where it goes. But this is what you wanted to hear and you got it. So whether you take it, whether you accept it or not, it's on you. So my my question to people who think that he's lying. So Zion said on this team worked his ass off to try to get back. And he's watching this team grow. He's watching mm-hmm. CJ McCullough come in. He's watching the guys all his same age. The guy he got drafted with the Jackson. Like he's watching these guys fight their ass off to get back to this point where they have a chance to win the playing game. Y'all think he's lying when he's like, want to be on the team? Like, yeah. Where else does he want to go? Like, where else? Like, well, you know, and so, you know, my biggest thing is. You know, everybody talks about the Nets right now, rightfully so. You got, you know, three of the, well, two of the top 75 players of all time. Mm-hmm. And they're right now sitting in the 10th seed. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to play the Nets. Like, everybody yeah. is like, well, okay, well, do I need to lose? Do I need to sit these people? Like, nobody mm-hmm. wants to play the Nets in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. If the Pelicans get Zion, <laughs> I understand how good the Suns are. I do. I truly do. Like, they are playing phenomenal basketball. But I'm not sure the the Suns are like, yeah, sign us up for the Pelicans round one. Like that's mm-hmm. what we want. with mm-hmm. Zion. Yeah, yeah, sign us up. I don't. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that that's that's what they want. Yeah, you know. It, it, I I'm mean, not- it's it, it. I mean, if you if you objectively look at it, I'm, I'm if you objectively look at it, and you telling me that a team that a team led by CJ, Bi, Zion, JV, and Herb. Uh, with the guys that's off the bench, there's no way in the world that any team is like, yeah, like and, and having Willie Green. Can't wait um, to play them, yeah. right? They, they they don't they don't they don't want to play, and and it's crazy because it's like it's never spoken about. Like the Pelicans got into the nine seed, and it was like it went from it, it literally like they jumped the national media. They went from oh they're in the playing tournament, then they got the nine seed, and they just completely skipped. Uh, you know, completely skipped talking about the Pelicans. Now is oh well, what are the Spurs and the Lakers going? Like no, 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 no. Let's talk about that team that went from one and twelve, and now they at the nine seed. Does anybody want to play them? Especially you know with these rumors that Zion is coming back. And so listen, nobody wants to play Zion. That is just. I mean, you could ask people, or you know, yeah, you ask for Sean Holmes, who's still in the ground, <laughs> uh, if he wants to, if, if anybody wants to play Zion. Um, and so, you know, this is a team that is dangerous, um, you know, and they've shown that they can hang with a lot of teams uh, without Zion. But you you add Zion to this team, um, we, we've seen the, the you want to talk about pick your poison. At that point, it's like, you don't even need to pick. We'll just, we'll pick. We'll pick how we'll score on you. We'll we'll pick how we'll score on you. We'll decide. And you just kind of sit there and accept it and, and take if it. If so Zion it, comes back, I think that at least they're falling out like two two people a game are falling out. You got yeah. to. The Pels already are one of the best rebounding teams, one of the best uh, teams inside the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You had that guy to the list. You know, good luck. Uh, you know, good luck. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So that being said, so we got the game tonight for Sacramento. Last four games of the season: Portland on Thursday, at Memphis Saturday, and versus uh, Golden State on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Memphis will be playing for anything at that point. Probably they might not. be looking mm-hmm. to rest. Mm-hmm. Golden State may or may not. They might be looking to try to hold on to the three C from the Mavs. Who knows? At that point, we'll see when mm-hmm. we get there. Mm-hmm. But I'm of the school of thought is I want the Pelicans to play these games out. Like I don't want yeah. to take any 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 steam out of the engine for me. Like yeah. for me, I'm like play with all the momentum, get everything right. Like don't be sitting people the last game of the season. Like I want you to go in that play playing game with everything ready to go, no mm-hmm. rust, no none of the things like that. So what are your thoughts on how the season finishes out, and how do you think how do you think we look going into playing? 
Yeah, I, I think that Memphis and I think Memphis and Golden State will be resting people about that time. I know we got that back. It's a back to back, which is wild to end the season. Really is wild. Though? Is it though? Guys, I, I they, mean, it, they it, cancel the game where the Sixers. All right, never mind. You're right. You're right. You're right. It, it's you're right. I'm it's sorry. it's wild for thirty other teams or twenty nine <laughs> other teams. For us, it is like, oh well, this is what happens. Um. So I, I think that they may both be be resting. We'll we'll see it when we get to that. Uh, obviously, I think we get today and, and Thursday. Um. And so I, I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent. Like all all you know all boats go, all steam go, all lights go. Like we need to play everybody. Uh, we need to go into the playing tournament, you know, well, you know, well adjusted to the lineups. We need to get, get in with, with good momentum, everybody in like a, a rhythm as, as much of a rhythm as they can get into. Um, and I think that the Pelicans are not, you know, they aren't in a position to where you can rest on your laurels um, at all. First of all, you're still playing to get that, that home game, like you right. said. Um, but secondly, like this is a team like we're, we're trying to make our presence known um, in the Western Conference, right? We're trying to make our presence known um, and, and just resting guys, like going into the playoffs. That's something that like a, a team that, you know, has secured a, a top spot or something like that. I just don't think, um, you know, that that's, that's like that. I think that there is selective rest. You could get it in games after you're up 20 or up 25 or up 30. But I think that you should go all, all in um, to kind of get that and, and get those, you know, those juices going and get that momentum going and get that confidence going. Because the Pelicans, for as good as they are, they are really, really good when they're at their confident, when they're at mm-hmm. the, the peak confidence. When they're at peak confidence and Jackson is hitting people with over-the-top <laughs> Euro steps and uh, East Bay is in between the game and Jose is standing on the sideline, stealing the ball when you first put, put it in. And Trey Murphy is staring at people and giving people the mean mug and herb is like that is when the pelicans are playing at their best when they're not is those games where they come in and they're you know they're lethargic and they're coming out and that's how you know the rest versus the rest versus rust uh mm-hmm. argument has been going on for years and years and will continue to go on for years and years but i think at this point with the way the pelicans are playing the type of team that they are um i think that you have to you have to put your foot on the gas and keep the momentum going and keep the high energy and vibes going into the playing game um, and get the rest in between get being up twenty five and thirty because at that point at least you executed offense executed rotations uh, things are going and then you rest but don't go into the game like we're just not gonna play them nah I'm, right. I'm with you so that's it for the show I appreciate you guys as always mm-hmm. uh, rocking with us. Uh, we've made it to the end. Uh, this is the last regular season pod. The next time mm-hmm. we'll be on, it'll be the play. So yep. uh, what you got for the people, Garrett? As always, you never know what people are going through. So give somebody a smile today. Uh, follow us on, on at Pals Pod on Twitter, uh, on Instagram at, at the underscore Pals Pod. Follow myself at Garrett underscore Rattler. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler. It is a fun time uh, to be a, to, to be a Pals fan. This is what we've been working for all season uh, to kind of get back into this playing tournament. Um, things are looking up for the Pals. They win tonight. They're in the playing tournament. So guys, like, let's get excited. Um, I understand that the 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 Lee Anderson stuff is, you know, believe who believe whatever you want to. But, you know, this is a time where, you know, the, the team is locked in and they've gotten themselves out of this hole. And now we're into the playing tournament. We started from the bottom and now we're here, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll holler at y'all next week. We'll see y'all in the playing tournament. You guys be safe out there. Be kind to each other. And we'll see y'all next week. Yes, sir. We out.